Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by Cram Session. So, unfortunately, the way it worked out, I am shooting a commercial the weekend, the last weekend in August. That's supposed to be when our fantasy draft is happening here in LA. And it just so happens that Louis B, our LA co-host, who's the commissioner of our league, is gone the week before in Canada. And it just so happens that the only time we can all meet is this August 18th, which coincidentally is the birthday of my brother. So we are cramming. Yeah, we are cramming, Louis. This is this is a, a, a cram session. The entire league is cramming and kind of rushing into it. And there's so much happening, so much changing. We're going to be taking some flyers on it. But anyways, before we get started... You can find us on youtube.com slash the goldcast, facebook.com slash the goldcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, all under the same moniker, the goldcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore goldcast. Louis B., where can they find you? Hey, well, uh, glad to be back. You guys can find me uh, at actually Louis B. on all platforms. Well, Twitter and Instagram, I guess. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Rudy Solis 3 on Instagram, at Rudy Solis 3RD on Twitter. All right. Louis B and I are doing something that we've never done before. We're going to do a fantasy-centric podcast, but it's only going to be focused on the NFC West. It's going to be focused on your beloved 49ers, and our rivals. We're going to literally just look at the teams that are right here in the NFC West. That's all we're going to focus on. The, the players that we think we have the, have the most value. We're going to go position by position based on each team. We're going to start with the Niners and go all the way through. So sit back. Enjoy this. We're really excited. We've never done this before. This is going to be a brand new, uh, brand new style of episode. The Goldcast has never done. NFC West 49ers and the NFC West fantasy value. But first... The greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop right now. Your professor of fanalism is here. Your LA co-host is here. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Suisa III, and with me is my Los Angeles co-host, Louis B. Boom. So, you know, Louis A., welcome back to the Goldcast. It's been like a freaking year, probably. It's been a long time. It's been yeah. a long time. It's good it's to be back. It's good, to, it's good to have football back. It's good to be back. It's, it's, it's all around good stuff happening right now. 100%. Now, real quick, I just, I just want to ask, how are you doing post-last season? Where, where are you at emotionally, psychologically, as a Rams fan, it, I'm definitely I'm finally turning a corner now. Just seeing them out there on the field, it helps, but uh, that definitely helped because I was in a very, very uh, brutal spiral. Anytime I ever saw anything Rams or Patriots related, I would immediately have a panic attack. Uh, um, it's been rough. It's been a rough off season. Um, people kind of took the uh, took it as an ability to kind of jump on us as Rams fans, uh, rightfully so. You, we scored three points in the Super Bowl, so people are allowed to talk their shit on us. So, 
But I have a good feeling, man. I think we're going to come back even stronger this year. It's because I, I just because I believe in Sean McVay. So I think we have a lot of hope right now. If uh, I think if Goff can stay healthy, if Gurley can stay on the field uh, a little bit, you know, not as much. I think we'll be even just having him on the field a little bit. I think we'll still be uh, helpful. So nice. Well, I'm glad you're back. You know, we did, we had we we were together at the Super Bowl. We 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 uh we got drunk after the Super Bowl. You were a sad drunk. I was a a supportive drunk. <laughs> to uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I you know as I mentioned many times, I I remember another thirteen and three NFC West team losing the Super Bowl in in uh spectacular fashion just several years ago. It's weird. It's weird how paralleled the Niners and the Rams run run up was it, it was really weird very true yeah very true both second both second year coaches tons of talent you know stacked teams uh great big defenses i mean it was it, the parallel between both was was uh was a trip yeah no absolutely yeah i'm excited to see what we can do in our third year and if we can kind of follow in those footsteps of uh of the niners and harbaugh and keep keep the keep that uh success going Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely come back later on as the season goes on. Have you back on it to to talk as as we progress and head head up to to the you know the first 49ers Rams meeting of the year, which is always an epic epic day for Louie and I. It's become a tradition. It's the best. <laughs> it is. So let's go. Let's start. Let's we're gonna we're gonna go fantasy value. And most people don't realize. And I will. I will, and I say this uh, with with complete sincerity. I consider Louie B to be a fantasy expert. He's one of the best fantasy uh, players I know. He he lives, breathes, dies fantasy in a way that I see very few people. He is in in the almost in the championship almost every year. You're there. Every other year, you're there. You you are mock drafting all year round. Most people, the the Goldcast Nation is probably hearing this for the first time, but you, I consider you a fantasy expert. So I'm really excited to do this episode with you because I think you have a lot. A lot to bring to the table, so I just wanted to get that out first. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah I hope I uh, hope it works out. I hope the advice can work out with people for for people. <laughs> yeah, for better or for worse. So let's start with the 49ers. Okay, so in starting with the 49ers, we're going to go team by team, and we've got we we're we're just kind of sticking to the major players. You've got Jimmy G at quarterback, running backs. We have Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breda. Probably Matt Breda ahead of Jarek McKinnon because he's still nursing that injury. For the wide receivers, you've got Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin, and then I would probably say Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd, the two rookies. And then, of course, at tight end, you have George Kittle, who we all know was destruction last year. So let's just start where we're, we're just assuming... We're, 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 we're not even going to say whether you're PPR standard. I, I think, well, let's lean towards PPR because that seems, tends to be the most popular league. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. PPR has kind of become the new standard league uh, across a lot of platforms. Yeah. So let's go, let's go first with our quarterback, Jimmy G. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Where does he stand for you in a traditional PPR league? For me, uh, Jimmy G is kind of one of those guys that I don't think he's going to be drafted uh, in pretty much any league, I mean, unless it's like a two quarterback deep league. Because um, obviously, I mean, he missed. We really have not seen him in this. Like, you know, we had the five, the what, the six games into the year, the five games in the year two years ago, where he was pretty good. He didn't throw a lot of touchdowns. He threw a lot of yards. 
And then last year, obviously, only got, what, two, three games out of him. He put up, I'm looking at Stanley, he put up five touchdowns and three picks in that time. So he just hasn't shown, I think he's going to be a good quarterback for the team. He's just not someone that I would be targeting at all. Um, He's going to be on waiver wire, and he's going to be on waivers. And if he comes out and has a strong opening, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people throwing a lot of fab down for him. Or, you know, if they're waiver priority, whatever it is. I agree with you. I do not. I would suggest not drafting Jimmy G. I believe I put him in the wait and see category 100%. I, I, my dad ridiculously, foolishly drafted him first last year. I think we talked about this. <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. This is the most insane, one of the most insane first draft picks I've ever seen. So let's, let's move on to running back because. Here, here we've got Tevin Coleman, Matt Breda, and the ever-off-injured Jarek McKinnon. And of the three, I will say this, and I want to hear your thoughts. Of the three, I feel like the running back with the most, with the most potential, the highest ceiling, is Tevin Coleman. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, sorry, I want to jump on there. Yeah, one hundred percent. I love Tevin Coleman this year. His value is insane. He's being drafted uh, like in mocks. He's being drafted at like the eighth, ninth round. And and also just a, a disclaimer for the people listening: our league is a ten team uh, PPR league uh, and six point per quarterback touchdown for passing touchdowns. So, so uh, that we're looking at, I'm looking at through the lens of that because if you're in a 12 team, he's going earlier. But through the lens of a 10 team league, he's going like the eighth or ninth round. And I just think that's insane because he's the starting running back for Kyle Shanahan, who always has that that position always has value. If you look back at his all his years in Washington and his years in um, in Atlanta with Tevin Coleman, which is great. And then out here last year, Matt Breida was unbelievable on a on a pardon my French a pretty bad offense, and yeah uh, and yeah so and he was still great. And so I think Tevin Coleman's a huge has a lot of upside, especially where you're getting him. You're drafting him as a as a bench as a bench player, and he could be your RB two for mo- half the year, most of the year potentially. Um, so I think he's great, and then obviously Matt Breida is going really late, sometimes undrafted. He's a big – I think he's a really good target to do in the later rounds for sure because he's—he's he'll still get work. He is definitely still going to get work, and I'm with you. Tevin Coleman, the upside of Tevin Coleman is exciting. I would say offensively, without question, the biggest pickup that the 49ers got last year in terms of actual football and for fantasy – these two, Shanahan and Coleman, have already had success together from a fantasy standpoint and from a real life standpoint. And I'm with you. He is prop. He is probably the player outside of George Kittle that I'm most excited excited for to, to see what he can do. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, I'm same here, man. So let's go to the wide receivers. You've got Dante Pettis, Marquise Marquise Goodwin, and then Trent Taylor. He's got the broken foot. I I really don't. I I think right now you kind of have to scrap him off the book. Sorry, Trent Taylor. And then you have the the rookie combo of Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. Where are you? I'll tell I'll tell you. I'm going to start first. Marquise Goodwin. My frustration with Goodwin is that he's very streaky, and he's one of these players that you've really got to understand the matchup 
with him to to really gain fantasy value for him. So as far as drafting a player like Marquise Goodwin, I'm not sure. Marquise Goodwin to me feels like a waiver wire pickup. He's a guy that you pick up for one or two games that you know he's going to have a solid matchup on and you, you, you dump him back as soon as you're done. Dante Pettis, I, I still, I need to see more. And same with the Rooks, I need to see more. So where do you stand on those four players? That's, yeah, that's honestly kind of where I'm at. That's a pretty... Uh, it's a good way to wrap it up, in my opinion. I think that's just the way to look at these receivers. Um, Dante Pettis is obviously the number one, um, and he his draft stock has been actually the last like week has kind of been teetering off a little bit because reports from camp uh, have not been amazing because he was coming out over offseason. People were like, this guy's going to blow up, and Shanahan loves him, and Jimmy G loves him. And then the la- last couple weeks of camp, he's just really not impressing and that's kind of been the word that's coming out more and more. So I'm kind of hesitating on Dante Pettis in drafts right now. I mean, if he's there in, you know, real late, the eighth or ninth, I would take a shot on him. Um, but he's right now, he's like kind of seventh round. And um, for me, I just kind of look at other guys that are a little more valuable at that round, like a Will Fuller or something. Because he's just unproven, you know. Dante Pettis is, he's talented. He's a really, he's a very talented receiver on paper. But he's just, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. So. I'm with you on this one. You know, my frustration with Dante Pettis is I constantly hear, just like you said, how talented he is, but I haven't seen it on the field. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we saw it was very, 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 uh, yeah, super small sample size last season, and that's kind of all we had. And then it, that was as a rookie that was – also wasn't with Jimmy Garoppolo and that's what people need to remember is that he still hasn't really played a whole year with Jimmy G so we don't know what that's going to look like yet so he's there's definitely some risk to him for sure absolutely and now let's go to the man this this guy my god George Kittle unbelievable season last year just talk about fantasy value this guy was destruction he was absolute destruction last year. Uh, I, ha- I had the pleasure of having him, and he was fantastic. Let's talk about George Kittle. I would say, without question, the player with the most fantasy value on the 49ers. Yeah, no, I had no question at all. And you, and it shows in his draft price. I mean, he's going in like the second, third round in some drafts. So it's like, yeah, no, he holds the most, and rightfully so. He should go that high. He's a he's such a talented tight end, dude. He's amazing, and he's. I think he's gonna have another good year. I hope that it works out with Jimmy G, because obviously he didn't get a lot of time with him. Um, and I hope that they can kind of develop a a good relationship down the road. Because yeah, he's. Yeah. Oh my God, you guys should be so thrilled. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely. And, you know, that's crazy. I've seen that, too. He's going in the second and third round in drafts right now. That is crazy high. That's like you're you're basically essentially sl- slotting him into the position of your your second, your RB2 or your wide receiver one. Which is crazy to me. I, I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, I don't draft tight ends early. I'm not a, I, I like to stock up on running backs and receivers and. Yeah, that's that's just the only you know, that's the only risk in taking a guy that early. He's incredible, and he could have an ama- another amazing year. I think he will. But yeah, you're missing out on your on an RB two or wide receiver one or two. Like it's risky. It's definitely risky. Yeah, I I would I would say for the people, I I would I would definitely wait until you have at least your fur your your starters your wide receiver and running back starters. I would have two wide receivers, two running backs before I would even think about going George Kittle at, at tight end. Absolutely, yeah, no, for sure, and that's and that's the 
the part that you you have to understand, like you just kind of have to pick because like you're not going to be able to get him after the third round, like at the latest. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you just got to pick. And, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I really wouldn't. You, you got to get running back and receiver. Running back especially is so critical in fantasy. You got to have your running backs. And if you pass up one or two for Kittle, it's like, eesh, I don't know. <laughs> I I look at you and I go, I'm taking your money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams. So, man – your team last year, from a fantasy standpoint, was insane. Unreal. You had three three legitimate cases, three wide receiver ones, and then you had the best running back in the entire league. But but we have you have Todd Gurley at running back, but you had Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, our boy Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup before he went down, which was a shame. It was a goddamn shame. But all three of those guys, I mean, Sean McVay's ability to – Sean McVay – you know, Sean McVay, the one thing that I love about Sean McVay is he understands fantasy. And he sits there every every week and he game plans and he goes, what can I do for Louie and Rudy and all the fantasy players out there to make sure that they're getting maximum value from my guys? And I can tell that he sits and does this every every game because, boy, oh, boy. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, there's you know there's the actual there's the actual game planning, and then he does his fantasy game planning. But those three guys, I remember you, me, and another one of our our players there had had someone else had I had Brandon Cooks, you had Cup, and another guy had Robert Woods, and all three of those guys were wide receiver ones in each of our teams. It was insane the amount of fantasy value those guys had. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's incredible, man. This and I and I just don't see a reason why that wouldn't be the case again this year. Um, literally like Bart, like Cooper cup, everything points to, he's going to play week one, which is crazy. Cause he went down in like October. No, I think he went down in November, um, with the ACL, but he said he's fired up. He said he's, he's on the field. He's, you know, they in the joint practice, he got hit and he popped up, felt great. Like he's playing full. He's going to play week one. It's like, man, if he can just come back out and pick up where he left off. Cause as soon as he left, this offense kind of changed. And you could see Goff kind of change. If Goff gets all three of those guys for an entire season, uh, I don't see how. And that, so that's a good segue because we're going to start with Jared Goff. I don't see how Jared Goff's going almost undrafted in some leagues. <clears throat> and I want every piece of him I can get, man. He, I, I just don't see, like, barring an injury to either him or, like, one of the receivers again for the season, I don't know how he's not going to be a, Q, a QB1, man. Like, he finishes QB7 last year. And that was with that horrible finish that he had, you know, from weeks like 13 to 17. That was with that. And he's been so good. I, I, yeah. It, personally, if you wait on quarterback, I think Goff is like the main guy to target. Because you can get him in the 11th, 12th, 13th round sometimes. And it's like, that's crazy value. That's crazy it value. It is crazy value. I got him, I believe, in the ninth round last year, I think is when I got Goff. I got Goff really late. It yeah, was really you got late. super late. Yeah, it was super late. I got him in the ninth round. Obviously, weeks one through eight, he balled the fuck out. Part of my French, but he did. He really did. And man, you know, he that game against Minnesota was bananas, bananas. Oh, the game against KC. I mean, oh my yep. god, dude. Yeah, he really. Did. In terms of fantasy, man, he just lit up the stat board. But and we've talked about this offline. I think there's a real legitimate fear that. I'm not going to say that he regresses, 
but that he doesn't improve beyond what he is and that he he be, he becomes much easier to much easier to read from a defensive standpoint and i think that's where the fear is from here from a real life perspective and obviously that affects his fantasy value that makes sense yeah and i can see why people would be hesitating on him because in, in fear of that, the, you know, that he's going to progress or whatever. I, it, yeah, it just depends if you're buying in or not. I buy into he's going to continue to improve just because of McVay alone. And also, I think Goff is – I think – I look, I mean, I'm biased. I, but, I, you know, I believe in him. I've, I've really liked him. I liked him when we got him. And um, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's going to improve because um, he's improved every year he's played. So I kind of look at that and I go, well, I think that – you know, but again – Maybe people would argue that last season was a ceiling, so I understand the the hesitancy with people. All right, so let's move on. Let's move on to your boy, Todd Gurley. Now, obviously, there's a lot of questions around his health, and will he be... Obviously, he's going to carry the load, but does he still have the fantasy impact that he did last year, especially with... You know, we've got um, Christian McCaffrey coming up, Kamara's super solid in there, Saquon Barkley. Where does Gurley stand for you, in your opinion? Where does he stand amongst the other major running backs after having such a huge year last year? Does he still have the same fantasy value this year? Ah, man, I, I, it's, dude, it's tricky, man. He's a, he's super polarizing this year because of that knee. Because the problem with that injury is he literally can, at any point, he could be fine. And then at one point he could just miss three games because his knee swells up because it's it's arthritis. So like, there's no way to know. So personally, just hearing what people are saying coming out of camp, hearing how McVay is talking about him, hearing how everyone's kind of all the beat reporters are talking about him. uh, It seems like what's going to happen is he's going to, he's going to get a a reduced workload, but he's going to get more of a workload in the vein of like an Alvin Kamara where he's getting, you know, 200 carries, And, you know, maybe probably on the same amount of targets and receptions, but he'll get about 50 to 60 carries less, I'm assuming. And that's what it sounds like. But honestly, I think that in the McVay offense, I don't know why that wouldn't be great. If if he drops down to eight, nine hundred rushing yards instead of twelve hundred, I know that's a huge jump. But if you take a couple touchdowns, he's still going to score a bunch of touchdowns. This offense is still going to be really good. He'll still get targeted. You're just not... He's not going to – I think he's no longer going to be, at least this season, he won't be the the guy he was the last two years where he was like single-handedly winning you weeks. He, I don't think he'll do that anymore. But I still think he'll finish as an RB1, like top 10, top 12. I really do. I think he will. Where where, where do you – do you still see him going in the first round? He – a lot of drafts, he's fluctuating, man. I've, I've been in drafts where he didn't go into like the middle of the second, and then I've drafted where he's going at the back of the first, middle of the first. Personally, and uh, I don't know if I've told you this yet, Rudy, Goldcast can be the first to hear this as well that I'm telling you. I pick at seven in our draft coming up, and I'm going to take Gurley there at seven if, if David Johnson or someone doesn't fall. I'm going to take Gurley at seven because I just – man – I don't trust that he falls around that loop, and I trust him this year to be a top ten running back. And I just want him, man. And I'm, and that's it's a risky move, dude. But I'm like, I'm set on, I'm taking him at seven. I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I honestly, I think getting Gurley, one of the number one running backs at seven, is pretty good. It's pretty oh, oh, good. Sure. You know, it's it's. It's it's less riskier than taking David Johnson, who we're going to talk about in a minute here. But it's I think it's less riskier than that move. I think that's a far yeah, riskier move. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it, they they definitely both carry their own. 
I mean, outside of the top three now, because Zeke, we don't know what's going on with Zeke. So outside of the top three backs, I mean, you're looking at, you know, Bell's on a new team, DJ's with a new quarterback, a new offense, and Gurley's got the knee. Like, it's, yeah, it's a crazy landscape after those first three running backs, man. It really is. It really is. It, there's, there's, there's question marks around all of them. And with us drafting so early, those question marks are only bigger, not smaller. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. So let's go to your wide receivers. Who do you think has the most value between Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup? I want to say Cooper Cup, but of course the injury makes me nervous. It's such a fast turnaround. We're not even at a year. I know he's really young. I've always I really enjoyed Brandon. I had I had Cooks in our league and I had Cup in in my family's league in the Solis league, and I uh, Brandon Cooks far less catches, far less workload than Cooper Cup, but every catch was for like forty five yards, and so you just it didn't matter. I could have four catches on the on on the day and have almost as many points as Cup, sometimes even more. And because he's just like every catch was for forty five yards. Robert Woods is kind of the guy that was in the middle, a little bit more of a, you know not quite the workhorse that Cup was, and obviously not the distance runner that Brendan Cooks was. Where do you where do these three guys line up for you fantasy wise? Who are you going if if you had your choice of the three, who would you go and in what order? Man, all right. So that yeah, this has been a tough thing for me. I'm curious to hear your order too after this. But I, I personally, I would probably go Woods, Cup, Cooks. Those are my three that I'd go in. It doesn't mean that I don't love Cooks. Brand, I mean, I'm looking at the Cooks that went 80 for 1204 last year, like 1200 receiving yards and five touchdowns on 80 receptions. That's amazing. But like you said, he does it in spurts. So there are a few games here and there where he'll where he'll catch two for 67, which is kind of cool, but it's like, that doesn't really help your team. Whereas Robert Woods, you know, he had more, he had a little bit more receiving yards. He was 86 for 1219. So I think he's definitely the more pound for pound. I would take Woods over Cooks, but yeah, if, if, if Cup can come back from this injury, I think he would probably overtake Woods as the one in that offense, statistically speaking. But yeah, I, for me, it'd be Woods, Cup, Cooks. I'm curious to hear your three as well on that. Okay, this is funny. This is kind of like my girly moment. I, I personally, I would go for Cup again. I, he he is my he, just like you with Todd Gurley. I've had him two years in a row. I'm a, he is he's the one player on your team that I actually like, and, and he's, <laughs> he's he just he is so you know if he can get back to his health, I would go for I would go for Cup. I just I'm a strong believer in Cup. I really am. I really which is fair. Yeah, I really am. Cup would go, I would go Cup Cooks Woods. That would be my that would be my selection. And I do I know what you're saying though because even on mock drafting Woods is coming up higher and is ranked higher than Cup understandably so. But I just think he's falling into the later rounds and I think you that is such a great value pickup somewhere in the 5th, 6th, 7th round, you know, 8th round. That's a great pickup if if Cup is sitting there. If Cup is sitting there between 6 and 8, I'm probably going to grab him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't think if he got it, I would if he fell past the fifth, man, I would be like ecstatic because the fifth, I think, is my cutoff where I would take him because I would probably take Woods or Cooks ahead of him at five. 
if he's mm-hmm. there at like, I mean, God, if he could fall to six, man, or seven, like you're saying, yeah, I mean, that would be unbelievable. It's, I'm, that would be amazing. It'd be you and me in a race for cup at six, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as it has, as it was last year. <laughs> as it was last year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so let's move on to the worst team in the league, the Seattle Seahawks, the most hated <laughs> team in America. You've got the Patriots and the Seahawks. We're going to breeze through these last two because there's just not a lot of value on these two teams. In my opinion, uh, Seattle Seahawks, the major players you've got, you've got Russell Wilson at quarterback, Chris Carson at running back, Rashad Penny at running back and at wide receiver, you have Tyler Lockett. And of course the rookie DK Metcalf. Russell Wilson, obviously in a PPR league like ours, brings a tremendous amount of fantasy value. Do you still think he's able to maintain uh, that high position? And where do you put him as far as QBs? Is he in the top five? Is he in the top ten? Where do you where do you see his fantasy value? For some reason, I'm just kind of sticking. I'm staying away from Russell Wilson this year, and he's going. God, dude, his his value has his stock has dropped. Like really hard he's now i've done some mocks where he's in the ninth 10th 11th round and i'm like that's wow. crazy because yeah oh yeah i've seen and i've seen him multiple times now because at first it's like ah, you know, it's an automated thing it can be a fluke but it's happening more and more and more i'm like geez people are really off of him um and i understand it because for me i'm kind of off him because like last year he just had such an unbelievable pace for touchdowns like his completion his his touchdown per attempt rate was like the highest of his career bar not like by a lot and so you just have to assume that's gonna come back down to earth especially with the wide receiver core the way it is like i don't see any of these receivers being that good i think they're gonna run. i mean tyler lockett's great but like you know he's only really flashed last year he flashed a lot before but he never put it together dk is a rookie they're gonna run the ball a lot and i just don't see you know he'll have rushing value i think but i just don't and again, I, how can you count Russell Wilson now? Like he's done nothing in his career to prove that he can't, that he's not going to be a, not a top 10 quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he's going to always mm-hmm. be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And that's what he's proved. But yeah, if there's any year I would maybe kind of count him out, it would probably be this year. Yeah. Now let's, let's move on to our running backs here. We've got Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. I had Rashad Penny I might have had, I don't know. I think you had Chris Carson last year. I had Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny showed flashes. I still think your best fantasy your best fantasy value there has got to be Chris Carson. Oh, dude. Car- I've been in love with Carson this year, man. I, I, I love, yeah, I had him last year. He was unbelievable for me. He was like my running back three or four on my, like, on my uh, depth chart. And he was unbelievable for me. He would, he's in my lineup every week. And I just don't see why he's not going to do that again this year, barring health, because, like, the dude is a beast. They love him. They want to work it more into the passing game. Uh, they got rid of their run, their other running back, Mike Davis. <clears throat> so now a bunch of carries and targets are open for, for grabbing. And, yeah, I, I like Rashad Penny. I think he's a good – I think especially he's a good value play. Like, you can get him in the ninth, tenth round, and that's awesome. But you can get Chris Carson in, like, round five or six, and he's a starting running back for a team that ran the ball the most last year. Like, that's – you know what I mean? Like, that's a huge guy to have on your team. So I love Chris Carr. I love both of them. Uh, but if you, wanted, if, if you wanted to wait and take Penny later, I couldn't blame you on that. I think he's going to have a good year this year. Yeah, and I would say, jumping over to the wide receivers, uh, I just want to touch on one of them, DK Metcalf. I put DK Metcalf in the Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd category. What do you think? Agreed. Yeah, I just, r- rookie receivers, man, like, are not as good as people kind of 
they, they don't have a good as time as people think they do because like the Odell Beckham year kind of threw everyone off. But uh, they just yeah, rookie receivers, especially in this offense, an offense that's not going to run the, that's not going to throw the ball a lot. I I just don't know why you would take him. Maybe pick him up off waivers a couple weeks in to see, but. You know, I just, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. He's not anyone that I'm going to be willing to draft. All right, so let's move on to the butthole of the NFC West, the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there's only there's only four players of any of any of any fantasy value here. You've got the, the rookie quarterback, Kyler Murray, running back, David Johnson, and your wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. Let's start with Kyler Murray. First of all, I'm not drafting this guy. I, I think. <laughs> fair. That's fair. I'm, you're right. I'm just going to drop that first. In fact, you if you know. drop this, if someone drop, if you're, if you are listening to this and you plan on drafting him, we have a spot for you in our league. We would love yeah. for you to join the league. <laughs> oh goodness. We'll make an opening. We'll make an opening. We'll make an opening for you. Uh, yeah, I'm not. He's he's one of these guys that maybe maybe by week eight he's he's like uh who was the oh my gosh I can't believe I'm running a blank was it Josh Rosen was it Josh Rosen last year Josh, no or, Josh or, Allen Josh I mean, Josh wait, Allen do you mean uh, like that's gonna pick up yeah yeah oh yeah Josh, Josh Allen, Allen. Like, yeah Josh yeah Allen they just the started killing it on fantasy just yes. killing it yes. <laughs> Which is why I can see I could understand the Kyler Murray hype because I do see him as like a Josh Rosen of S because like his running ability is insane. The kid, the dude's so fast, but he's just so small. Like it, I think you know if he gets rocked a couple times in the pocket, I'm just like ah, I don't know. Like I don't know how well he's gonna hold up. We'll see. You know I I think he's a good quarterback, but yeah, a rookie in um, you know a new offense and a system that hasn't even been NFL tested yet. It's risky. There's much more quarterbacks that are available that you can just take that are way less risky and you'll still get maybe, you know, a little bit less points or the same amount. And it's worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, at 100 percent. So let's talk about the main player from this team. Is this year the return of David Johnson? It feels like everyone's really hyped on him. He's moved really high up on the on the fantasy draft boards in terms of ranking. Do you see David Johnson making a return to form? I do. I do. I think so because, like, you look at him last year and he was on, like, the worst offense, like, historically, the worst offense ever, basically. And he was still a, a running back 12. Like, so, like, that's, I look at that and I'm like, man, like, his talent is just so good. And if he stays on the field, I think he'll, he'll, he'll make a, he'll, he'll uh, pay off his draft price for sure. I think in this offense, they're going to feed him the ball through throwing him and running it. He's going to get so many touches a game. So I think he returns, but I understand people's hesitance on him if they don't want to take him at five, six in the in the first round. So let me ask you this: Does having this rookie, this back-to-back rookie quarterbacks, having another rookie quarterback, does this affect the fantasy value of Larry Fitzgerald? Yes, I think it has to. Like I just think it has to, man. Like he, you know what I mean? Like he, he, he was all right last year. He was a very middle-tier kind of receiver and. Um, which is kind of where he's at in his career now, understandably. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. Br- another new, a brand new offense, a new rookie quarterback who I think is a lot better than Josh Rosen. But yeah, it's. I think it will affect him. I don't think he, he's and he's going later, rightfully so. I think he's a decent value if you need just like a filler, if you need some more depth at the receiver position. But he's not someone that like 
I don't think he's someone you need to have on your. Yeah, he's kind of like Frank Gore. I feel like he's he is consistent, and you know, over the course of the entire year, puts up you know decent fantasy numbers. But his week to week, game to game contributions are not really there in the way they used to be when he was young. That's a great comp. Yeah, that's a great comp to say. To yeah, he's very much very much like a Frank Gore s type of player now. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so now. We talked about this a little bit before. Before, let's drop it to the Goldcast Nation. Our top three fantasy value players. Let the let let the Goldcast Nation know who we decided are the best three players available in the NFC West. So for uh, for us, the ones we decided on, and this is in no particular order. I'll start with him because this is the Goldcast. Um, I think it's got to go George Kittle. I think it's got to go Todd Gurley. I think it's got to go David Johnson. And that yep. could get some flack because Todd Gurley, I understand. Having the top three, <laughs> I get it. I know, I know. He's got knee arthritis. I know, but you still got to respect him, man. You still got to put him up there. So I think those are the top three guys. I think those are the guys that everyone is already targeting. But I think, um, you know, I think targeting any of those guys, you're, you're going you're gonna to have a good uh, first couple of rounds. I agree, too. And, you know, it wouldn't be a Louis-centric episode without a little bit of L.A. Rams homer homerism. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is part of the course. I mean, they've come to accept it from me, I'm assuming, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. They've come to accept it. Absolutely. Well, Louis, I really look forward to this Sunday and, uh, and our fantasy draft. Thank you so much for coming on, man. That was great. Uh, uh, thank yeah. you, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. It's always good to be on here, man. Thanks to Goldcast for uh, hearing me out. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll, you know, we definitely got to do uh, a couple more check-ins. Last year was probably our lowest, our lowest Louis guest star appearances. We got to, we got to, we got to tr- change that. Flip we got to move it up. We got to bump the numbers up for sure. <laughs> Especially if the Niners can stay competitive, God, then I no think doubt. it really starts to become something you and I need to get on and talk about. Agreed. I hope they do, man. I, I really do. I, I like to see, you know, I want to see some, uh, some, uh, some competitive Niners Rams games, man. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. All right, bud. Uh, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. And so concludes another edition of the gold cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa third. And with me is my Los Angeles co-host. Louis B. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time. Same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast. <laughs>